Make me come over there, Raheem. I told you. Don't make <laughs> my, me come my over father, there. My father would leave, but Italian men are always supposed to rule the household. But my mother no, could. No, she could yeah, mother's no, she ran could in the house. Like I had, you remember Tony Carboni, right? Tony yeah. Carboni. His, his, he said that when his parents first got married, this is a very typical Italian story. The mother, his mom made a sauce from the jar and he picked up the food. He smashed it against the wall. And I was like, wow, there was only one dish thrower in my house. <laughs> that was my mother. <laughs> my father was terrified of her. And he was like, you know, my mother was 5'1", my, my father was like 5'10", and he would just run. Like, I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> he comes but he's running, right? <laughs> always running, always running. So, yeah, well, so I, I always appreciate a man that's a fear, fearful of his mother, you know. Oh, you know, well, no, my, my, yeah. that was the opposite. Like, he yeah. wasn't, he wasn't scared of his mother. He was scared of my mother. I was scared of my grandmother, actually. She, she put, Were she they put all the from Memphis? Are they all from Memphis? Oh yeah, my grandmother was a Southern black woman who was a Republican, and mm -hmm. uh, and um, she uh, she definitely had her conservative ways, but she was she had some street in her too, and she if she comes looking for me when I was outside, I better be if if she didn't see me, she would wait for me to come back later, and mm -hmm. you know it was the light up. Oh no, it was crazy. You know, I was like, I, yeah, I, I would get scared to death. I'm, I, she I, feared, my, my, I feared her. Yeah. Well, like, I just feared my mother. Like, I just, <laughs> my mother passed away when I was a kid, and I still was scared of my mother. Like, I just, I would do stuff. People were like, come on, let's do it. I was like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hey, Felicia, did Miss, did, did, did Miss Chappelle give you some uh, beatdowns? <laughs> oh no, we get talked to death. You would pray for me. I just <laughs> so I can be like the other kids. We got lectures, teachable baby. moments, you know, discourses and educated up one side and down the other. You just, pl please just beat me. Just whip yeah. my ass. Oh right my God, I'm out of my life. It's a pedagogy whipping. It was just, ugh. Ugh. Oh, oh. No. A, verbal, a verbal beat down, huh? Oh, it was the worst. Yeah, Heather, 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 Heather. My mom. You had those two, head. Oh my God. Those are the worst. For like, I mean, she was. She wouldn't be like, it would be a month later and she'd be like, remember that time last month when you, <laughs> this is why, and I can't trust you for the next year and a half. Like, <laughs> well, she wouldn't let you forget world. about it. Yeah. Pam, what about you? You got those beat downs? I got beat downs. I got things thrown at me. My mother would throw the whole freaking baby's um, potty chair <laughs> with the piss and shit in it. <laughs> wow. wow. Whoa. My mother yeah, she didn't play. <laughs> My mother would be teaching, a, my mother would teach, be teaching like a voice student would come in the house or was about to get there and she would just, I remember once she chased me up the stairs, ran, and I had like a bed in the middle of the floor. So she it was like, I was hopping back and forth. She was going around this, you got to like, I will deal with you later. And she'd come back and she, and like, I, but this is the funniest thing is some mothers, like my, I had a white stepmother. She never hit her child, was always a daughter, was terrible, terrible, just nasty to her. And she just would never hit her. And it would just, it would escalate in these ridiculous screaming matches. And, and like my mother, my mother was proud of whooping my ass. Like, do, do you have a, the mother would talk, tell the story oh. like, oh, I had to whoop my ass behind last week. Let me tell you the story. You're like, what? And she was like her dinner party. And this was the entertainment for the dinner party was something yeah. what I did. And then she'd have to go tell everybody the detail and it all, and she'd end my, my pain. They'd all be laughing, you know, some kids, Get traumatized oh, by the My parents. mom would ask me to take my pants off and she would go, take your pants off. Yeah, that was my mother. And my mom would be like, she would pull out the switch. She's like, go take your pants off. And I'm Did like, well, why do you have to? Switch? She would make me get the switch and then she would say, take your pants off and go wait in the room. I'll be right in. And That'd be the longest wait, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, see, and all of a sudden, she burst through the door with power. Wah, 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 wah. And I'm like, oh my God, no. And she would just my, tear my ass up. Oh my, my mother, see, the thing is, we didn't get the switch because we were like, you know, we were New York and then suburban New York. But my mother kept a thin belt in a drawer Ooh. next to my room, unlocked. And like my white <laughs> friends would be like, you need to take it and hide it. You know? <laughs> I used to be like, I'm really going to get by a belt and buy an empty drawer. Because like, but the, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing was, is that my cousin, all my um, my uncles and everybody, they all talk about getting the switch. Like they had to go pick out the switch, the humiliating. They had to go pick the, the switch off the tree 
and come back and, and they, you couldn't come back with a flimsy switch because you'd be in more trouble. So did you have to go pick it <laughs> off a tree? Was there a specific tree you picked your switch from? Oh, yes. I was, was always telling my kids that I was going to beat their ass with a wet noodle because did I didn't want to be violent. <laughs> I'll be like, I'll beat you with a wet noodle. And they told me recently that they it, they were very old before they realized that it wouldn't have actually, they were like, does it lacerate? Like in their minds, that weapon, <laughs> seriously. And so when their cousins came to visit, they were like, okay, the wet noodle must be like a real thing, you know? Uh. Did you guys ever give out any bad ass whoopings, Pam? Did you ever like? Yeah. Yeah. I would, my daughter would go get home and get in the bed. And like, I'm in the bed, I'm sleeping. She's not going to beat me. I like, wake up. Yeah, my mother would my mother would do that. She'd sneak in and like and it would always be something funny because I'd get away with the ass whooping. But then my mother would call her sister in Cleveland and my cousin Mikey, who you probably met, Mo, Mikey's um so Mikey would be up under punishment washing dishes because she went to bed, had to get her ass whooped, had to go back down because she left one dish out the sink and had to go back. And so the, but my mother would talk for like two hours. So I was like one o'clock in the morning, I'd be like, get up, your cousin's in Cleveland washing dishes. There is one <laughs> glass left in the sink. I, you know, and it, it was, yeah. And I get, I get chased after that one. My <laughs> sister never got hit. She got hit once and that was it. She always- Well, my mom got to a point where she said, I'm gonna stop beating you. Now I'm just going to, I feel that your past beatings, now we need to start talking. That's, that was like a transition, or like a graduation from getting beat down to, <laughs> let's, <laughs> to, to let's talk. And I think the talkings, I'd rather have the beatings. Cause like, like you said, Felicia, those, talk, those talks can go forever. Never ends. <laughs> They're still going. <laughs> I got a nervous twitch behind them. They're still going. My dad's been dead for years and I can still hear the lecture like every time I mess something up. <laughs> Offers the pain, you know. You know Maya because your mother was also a a, a singer, so you know my dad's tones will come out. Oh, of the tone. the oh you should hear Heather's father is like he he's a singer, but, but he's got this very 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 big booming voice, and he speaks really calm and really slow. So I was like, how did you deal with that with your childhood? Oh, hey, what's up? Honor is here. Hello. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, the great comedian, <laughs> hilarious, brilliant, extraordinary. <laughs> How are you, Mr. Kyle Grooms? He's on mute. You're on mute. Wait, you're on mute. How do I unmute you? Can you unmute you? Hey, man. Hey, how y'all doing? What's going on? Uh, how you feeling, man? I'm good. What's going on, Mo? Hey, brother, man. It's good to see you, man. I'm, I'm so blessed that you are in health and great health and you look good. You uh, know, thanks, we're all praying for you, man. You know. Thank yeah. you. And then no scar. Look, see? I know, man. Black people heal fast, oh, brother. <laughs> you super, man. <laughs> what happened? Oh, oh what happened? Uh, I, had a, I had a seizure last year and I had brain surgery. So, Just a little yeah, brain surgery. Oh my no, god! No, it was a tumor. It was a tumor, right, uh, Kyle? Yeah, it was a cavernoma. That was the technical term. It's a bunch right. of cells which kind of forms a tumor, and uh, yeah, and it started bleeding. It, it erupted or something. It, it was like a pool of blood in my head, and I started losing strength in my right arm and my speech. Actually, I just my arm was just losing functionality, wow. and then my speech was going. So yeah, my mm. comedy career. Wow. On the brakes. That's quite a pimple. It's quite a pimple. <laughs> Glad you're alive. Well, this is, let me introduce you to everybody. This is Felicia Chappelle up at the top. And then there's Heather McConnell next Hi. to me. And uh, Pamela Green, who is also a comedian. And um, so, yeah, you know, we, we were really praying for you. I'm so excited that you uh, are um, on for the show and and uh, how how are you and and how's your comedy going and how's your health going and there's so much you're you're really inspirational I'm so excited Masavia had you come on as a guest. Yeah, my year's been great so far. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> One of those speeches. Hey, man. <laughs> 
no, I'm I am happy to be alive, even though I'm I'm experiencing yeah. 2020. But um, you know, I'm with my kids a lot, so this I have to spend so much time with them now. They're young, four and six. You know, I live in Miami Beach, so that's not bad a place to uh, social distance. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've just been um, trying to stay creative and uh, try not to lose my comedy. You know, I've been doing shows here and there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's no way you can really get up. Miami's been hit hard with Corona. So. Yeah. What's the show's been like? What what paint, What paint? What's that look like? Uh, people are actually having a good time. It's, it's, it feels <laughs> like people really are wanting, like, they, they're like, ha, ha, ha. You know, they want to be <laughs> like coming to the like, hey, slow down, you know. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they're, but they're separate. They're just uh, seats maybe 10 feet apart or whatever, and then the, and people are laughing, you know. Are you guys yeah. indoors there doing shows? Uh, I, we were, yeah, we were, but now the shows are outdoors because there's no more. Miami had to pull back on, you know, what they, they you know, their COVID yeah. uh, stuff. But now there's still a 10 o'clock curfew in Miami. Right. Yeah, a lot of people, tourists are coming down, expecting a party and stuff, but then they have to be in, all the restaurants shut down at 10. Everything's oh, done at wow. 10. Wow, yeah. But, you know, no more fighters on the mask. I mean, people are wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah, in public places. Yeah, like in, in the grocery store and, and things like that. Yeah. Miami people are. But if you go like further north Florida or Naples, <laughs> where I go on Sunday to perform, they don't, they don't, they don't believe they're Trump. I ain't wearing no man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. videos came out of Naples of people just going berserk and not. I know, man. Yeah, yeah. so it'd be interesting to see how I perform there, you know? <laughs> no, that's, I think no naked man. face should become a cuss word. Naked face should become a cuss word. Yo, naked face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> when did you move down to Miami? Uh, about two years ago, two two years oh, ago, wow. three years ago now. Yeah, mm -hmm. three years ago this this month. Yeah, New York hustle. I was I've been there for fourteen years, and um, I started having kids, and I felt Miami was a better place to raise them. I didn't want to have oh. coats on in the winter, and plus New York, the New York comedy scene. I had beat that up so much. I felt like I graduated high school, but was still hanging around the high school. Trying to be cool. No, I, I hear <laughs> you just you just did a special last year too. It's on Amazon. I, I've been seeing. Oh yeah, I did it this year. It, it, it was, was uh, yeah, it was this year. Um, uh, after I got out of the hospital, you know, I started documenting my recovery. And then I started working on material and I couldn't drive for six months. So uh, in September, I started working on a set and I recorded it in January. And um, yeah, released it in April of this year, Brain Humor on Amazon. It's all about my whole ordeal and my whole, yeah. Seizure. What's it called? Brain, brain Humor? humor. Brain Humor. Like brain humor, but brain humor. <laughs> 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 That's wild. Yeah, yeah, that's so inspirational. That's what I'm, I, I, and especially a great timing too, because once everyone's locked down and they're looking for. They have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's actually, people are looking for, I'm discovering that like people are looking for something of substance too, because we're all going through so much. Everybody's got so much, so much confusion and, and upset and upheaval to have something that's built with an inspirational story like yours is like, it couldn't be a better time. So I'm looking forward to sharing it. Oh, you inspired me, brother. I mean, you, you always been one of my favorite comedians, but you know, when you were going through that, man, we were just like, oh my God, you know, why can't uh, 45 get this? You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's, <laughs> why can't number 45 get this? Why? <laughs> it's like, you know, such a good, per you know, but I, I mean, you, uh, you are strong, man. Like, I, I'm just inspired by you, man. You know, so. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, it, man. man. You've you always shown me love when I came to New York, man. You got me into Boston and you always a supporter. I always feel like I need to do better for you, man. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. It was funny anyway. I ain't no, no, nobody stopping that, man. I got to do it for both, yeah. <laughs> now, where are you originally from? 
I'm from New Jersey. Yeah, I'm from Jersey. I was born in Elizabeth. In oh, that's Atlanta. not that far. And then uh, Perth Amboy. Then I graduated Perth Amboy High School. And I moved to uh, South Florida, you know, to do art. Like, because I went to Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. And I just started mm. doing comedy in Miami after being an art director at a, a Spanish TV station. Oh, wow. The Univision. I, w- I was an art director there. And I would do comedy at night. And um, yeah. And you and dance I, too, didn't you, Cal? Did a little oh, yeah. dance. Yeah. Heather, he was a dancer, you know. He used to do a yeah. little hip hop dance. He was in a couple of videos. Yeah, I was the backup. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, you know, back when they had backup. You know. I to keep that a secret, man. I seen those videos, man. Yeah, because, he was like, because doing... I was really a dance. I think people just. I was so confident that people just let me do it, but I couldn't. I don't think. It was. <laughs> you know. How did you um how did you start comedy if you were doing art direction? Um I started doing it at night like as a hobby cuz I always loved comedy from a kid I would watch it, it was like you know Richard Pryor was the, my favorite I would just I, I would um I started going out at night at open mic they would do um Studio 183 and uh, I started getting good at it and once I got good enough to feed myself I just quit my day job you know my, my art, I love art. Art was like my goal. That's what I wanted. But I started focusing on comedy more. Like I'd be at my day job focusing on material. And the comedy bug just hit me. And then, you know, you could travel and meet people. I'm like, I'm all in. <laughs> so when you came to New York, how many years were you into comedy? Uh, seven. Seven. Oh, okay. So I quit my, I started in 95. I quit my job in 2000. Then I went to LA for like six months to see if the streets were paved in gold. They were not. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I'm gonna go to New York and become a real comedian and learn the art of comedy and learn it, you know, just really, yeah, really focus on the craft. And um, yeah, I went to New York. And yeah, after that, it was, I just moved to my mother's basement for maybe a year till I got mm-hmm. my own place. And then, uh, yeah, then I was, on and running on the New York scene. Do you see a big difference uh, in, uh, the, from doing comedy in Florida compared to New York to LA? Like, oh, what's... Yeah, of uh, Miami is a place, it's only good because it's a good breeding ground. Like if you, just because the audience are international, it's a party city, so they don't care about you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you have to work to get them to like, you have to, you know, people are doing coke and all this other stuff. They, they, you know, what I mean? they, they, you know, what I mean? you have to come with a, a real strong set. So yeah. that going to New York is is you know a plus. But once I got in New York, I had to get rid of my bad habits from the Miami comedy scene. Right. Because in Miami, I'm doing all humping the stool and you know all that. Black people do this, white people, but in New York City, no, no. Patrice O'Neill and all them, Todd Lynn, all these cats, they eat your ass up. And the first week I saw him, I have to get rid of all my hack shit. Right. <laughs> done in New York, you know? Because you feel like the audiences are more tuned in in New York, like they they pay more attention. Yeah, to yeah, they be. Yeah, yeah. And then plus the comics, too. You don't want comics looking at you like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice late joke, you know? No, New York forces you to step up your game as a comedian. I I think it, yeah, it it could put that weight on you, you know. I miss it now, even for that reason. Like when I, as soon as you hit the streets in New York, it just has a a, a different rhythm. Miami's laid back. In New York, you can feel people talking politics on corners. You can feel people venting and it's just so much going on in the city. It's just a smell, you know. Yeah, when you the smell. Yeah, it's just so funny. I don't know. The smell will put a joke into your brain. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That smell. I felt the, I felt so the same you- thing when I, I was feeling the same thing when I left. And you, when I've been out in Los Angeles. As soon as I got back to New York, it was like this whole different cadence and energy, and everyone's running and chasing trains and jumping up, and, and all of a sudden, it just like this other muscle kicks in, you know. Yeah. And it wears me down. I got to get out though. But I, yeah, <laughs> it wears me down a little bit after a weekend, but you get back into it. You know, it's a rhythm. 
So have you been, uh, you've been writing up uh, like sets, you've been coming up with different uh, angles on this whole situation that's been happening to you? Like, you know. Uh, yeah, I've been taking notes, but it's no real places to get it all out. You know, I've, yeah. I've done one or two shows this week. I do a regular gig here, which is like a touristy gig. It's like a family show. So I can't yeah. really stretch and, you know, be, uh, although I, I tip, told a lot, tip, you know, on that line a little bit, but yeah. it's, it's kids in the audience and stuff. So I, I don't, you know, I don't Are you know. doing any, any Zoom um, comedy shows? Like, cause everyone in LA and New York, a lot of people are, have to do Zoom shows cause that's their only option. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've done one, uh, I've done one and it was only like a five minute set. Actually I've done two. And uh, yeah, they, they've been okay. Actually, I'm, I'm getting better at it. Like I, at first I totally rejected it. And then I sat around and was like, hmm, okay. But now I could generate enough energy in this space to, you know, if as long as you're looking at me and I could hear you, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's <laughs> yeah. a different muscle. It's a different muscle. Sure. You, know? you, you said you love art and then you grabbed comedy and loved it. What what do you love about comedy? Like what makes it the thing that you're so, that hypes you? Why do you love it? Just just laughter. I love laughing. I love funny things, I, you know, and to be <laughs> able to laugh and laugh in the room. Comedy, I think, saved my life. It made my life so much more interesting and so much more fun than if I would have been in my day job. Like I see that even the people that are still where I was, they're not as, you know, they're, they're, I don't know if they're in a the box, I don't say they're in a the box, but I don't know that just going there every day for the last 20 years probably would have, it wouldn't have been as fun. <laughs> you know, so comedy, sure. I've, I've been to China, I've been to Pakistan, uh, Africa, every, like places I probably wouldn't have been, ever been on my own um, through comedy, you know? So for that reason, I, I, I got to see the world doing this, you know? Now, do you think the environment we're in now, is it going to make you a little more political in your comedy? I mean, I, not that you weren't. I mean, you always had some slight, and plus you did Obama. Yeah, but, you got you know, to insane Obama. You have to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but <laughs> I, how do you feel about politics grabbing it now and more into your comedy act? I mean, do you feel like uh, uh, more conscious? Uh, yeah, I always, I always um, had a streamline. Of, I wanted a streamline of consciousness in my comedy, you know? And now I feel like you have to say something as an artist, like now, it's like, who cares about, I don't know, goofy jokes anymore, you know what I mean? And like, I'm sitting at home cooking and, right. and taking in all this nonsense and, and insanity and then right. not be able to speak it, you know? And I'm not, a, you know, on camera every day talking to the, you know, people. Only way I could do that is on stage now. Right, because you know, that's the way right. I, I do, and um, yeah, I, I I couldn't not talk about things that are going on now. Mm. It'd be hard. I don't, you know. Mm. I mean, you guys as comics too, it would change your your whole perspective now. I mean, you can't not mention it, and and it hit the stage and just talk about some happy Sunday or some other shit. You got to really. I mean, it, it would be weird to ignore it. I think once comedy resumes, right? I, I think it's going to be weird. I, mean, I think yeah. if you're if you're someone who likes who is really about substance, um, it, it kind of is a, it's a it's a time that I find that you can thrive if that's the, yeah. your style anyway. You know, like you know, I always and I, and I know Kyle's the same way. With, with he always had something something to say, not in it, and it was funny. It just it's he had something to say and it was funny as as opposed to a lot of people that were just trying to make light of nothing. I mean, I think that sometimes you want to hear nothing, but I've never been, you know, attracted uh, to that style of comedy myself, you know? you know? Well, you know, like Kyle said, black people do it like that. White people, they eat like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that, that played itself out after a while. I mean, so as I saw you as a comic, you always were reaching for something different, but you articulate differently. You always were clear on your, your, your lines, your punchlines, your thought process, however you did, that's what made you so different from any other comic that we would 
see coming out, you know, when you come down from Miami, you'd be like, hey, who is who is this smart motherfucker? You know, like he's coming in here, glasses on, looking all smart and suave. <laughs> he's too <laughs> you know, and <laughs> delivering these delivering these executions of comedy that we haven't seen, you know. So I mean it was a it was a game changer, man. It was refreshing too, you know. That's mm-hmm. always refreshing to have a different mm-hmm. voice, you know. I mean, who were some of the guys you liked when you came to New York? Like, who were some of your favorite guys? When I came to New York, um, contemporaries, uh, Chris Rock actually was, Chris Rock makes me nervous when I'm around him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I would see him, he's one that I'd still be like, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, one day we had a table at the same time, just two of us, and it was like, uh, I had nothing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you see, you've been such a fearless comedian and all that's going on in your life. Um, How do you, how do you handle fear? And like all, there's so many people out there right now that are living in such a fearful space that, that really you've had so many challenges um, through your life and you're still maintaining your humor. So what would be your advice to others on how to approach, uh, how to handle fear and not let it dominate them? Fear, I don't know, I really never, I'm, I, don't, I think I'm just so optimistic that I'm, I'm, I'm probably, like my surgery didn't even hit me. I didn't even get afraid till after I went to my checkup and they told me what they did. I was just so in, like, I think I still have a young person's optimism. like. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then when the doctor told me, oh, we cut your head open, we, you know, took some drill holes. And I was like, what? <laughs> you did what? I, you know, I was like freaking out after the fact. So. Do you attribute that to like your upbringing or your mom? Yeah, my mother. My mother, definitely. My mother's so, you know, my father died when I was young. So my mother was it. You know, and, and she's such a cool spirit and a good optimistic spirit that I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, it's, I'm, I can't help but be optimistic. She, it's been okay. I mean, just the thought of surgery that you went through, I, I, I don't know if I would even have made it to that point, you know, without just having that. I, I mean, they had to man, pull my mo. They had to pull my tooth, and I like crawled out of the dentist chair. What I'm saying? <laughs> it's like the sight of blood for me. I'm out faint. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, they, they put me to sleep though, but they like I didn't feel a thing. They they really, and the care I got at that hospital was the best I could ever hope for. Like I was so lucky to be in that neighborhood that I'm never in to go to that hospital with the, the best neurosurgeons and the best hair, because my care, my wife works in healthcare. And I know when you go to yeah, hospital, I remember that. it's hit or miss whether they really treat you and care and then they're, they're like, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're into you. But this this yeah. hospital had the spirit of Florence Nightingale on that. Right. You know, <laughs> they were really, you know, on it and they made me feel so comfortable and gave me a nice space and, mm. you room and it was I don't want to say where, it was a good experience but it was it was comfortable. Where was it? Where was it? So Hollywood, Florida. It was the Hollywood Memorial, Hollywood Regional Memorial Hospital. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Now I, I know that this that's now you know where to go if you're in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the lifesavers in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah that's what's it's it's interesting. It just um when you end up in, in those scenarios, like you, and everything just being in the right space, it's it's uh, we always yeah. so we're always so focused on our careers and being in the right space at the right time and who's really looking after you, but that that's a whole nother reality and uh, that's that's just a huge blessing with with all that's going on with the health like you were saying, Felicia, all the healthcare workers and and things like that. Is your is your wife working presently um, through all of this and? Uh, in the healthcare yeah, business and she's, she's part-time so she goes in uh like twice a week and um yeah she's been she's been dealing with it they they they're pretty good at keeping the covid patients separate and they're they're covered and protected and actually the cases have dropped from over 200 to now like about 80 in her hospital 
that's great. That's so great. the case there was a spike, and now she says they're going down. And how's your mom doing? Is she still in Florida? Is she still up in, in Jersey? Oh, she's in Jersey. She's in Jersey. My mother's, she, she's doing great. And my mother, like I'm supposed to go up there the end of this month. And my mother says, I can visit, but I can't stay. <laughs> <laughs> I visit, wear a mask. <laughs> I was like, Ma, you going to put me out in the street? Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't come here. Not from Florida, not from Miami. <laughs> are you uh, are you having to homeschool your kids? Are they still school age? Did you have two? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my one daughter, Mia, she's uh, six, so she's in first grade, and she's homeschooled. Are you doing all the the teaching with her? Yeah, we're both. My wife yeah. and I both. You know, in, in the days she has to work, I have to do it all. But yeah, I'm I'm a uh, Mr. Mom. I'm three meals a day and like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Shoes, daddy, 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 daddy. Oh, I didn't know you had it in you, man. You're so you're amazing, man. Work, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like right now it's rare. I'm home. This day. They're out there at the grandmother's. Oh, so, yeah. Well, well, we were discussing this before you signed on, so I guess you should be brought in. Did you did you get ass whoopings? Did your mother whoop your ass? Did you? <laughs> when, oh yeah. Or were my you mother, talked to? Yeah. Now huh? my mother whooped my ass till I was about ten, and then it stopped hurting me. So and <laughs> oh, yeah, so cause like I'd be like ah whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't hurt me no more. So then she started hurting me emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean that to say, like, I remember one day I, I was messing up in school and I got suspended. So she made, I was home and she made me do everything. She made me cook, clean. I was washing. And then she asked, she said, bring me some water, slave. And I just got, uh, <laughs> <laughs> ain't gonna be no slave. <laughs> oh, God. One day I'm gonna be free. <laughs> Well, Masavia was telling us that he had to go pick. He had to go pick the switch. I, like, oh, I, yeah. I was the belt child. Did you yeah. have to get your switch? Did you have to pick a switch as well? Yeah, of course. We from Georgia, man. My family's <laughs> from Georgia. So, yeah. yeah, that's a southern thing. That is a southern we're, we're thing. From we're from Georgia. We're in Georgia. Cuthbert, Georgia. Cuthbert oh. is south, southwest Georgia. It's like okay. Okay. West of Albany and you know, oh, okay. small country town. Actually, I lived there for six years, and then every summer I would go there. My mother, my mother, my father died. My mother sent me to live there with my grandparents. So mm -hmm. my first years of life was in in the south. Actually, my first dialect was a southern dialect. Really? I used to talk the chickens and the pigs and the dogs and the cats and the, you know my <laughs> granddaddy and all of that. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, that's, that was my first dialect. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, boy, go give me that switch, boy. Go over there and pick that, that switch. switch. <laughs> <laughs> my mother's mother, my mother's mother's family's from the south, so they're they're from Georgia. So sure. they're they're Rome, Georgia. So, so oh. I heard about the switch, but they got bougie when they got to Manhattan. There were no switches. <laughs> you gotta go to Central Park. I don't even think they have switches. Do they yeah, have you switches in New York? No, no. <laughs> it, it, there was it's no a timeout up here. You know that, Kyle. Time out, Tommy. Time out. That's that's white people. I don't know any I know. time out, Tommy. <laughs> well, the young the younger white people have got were time out kids. Well, you... I, from what I'm saying up here, I do, I see. Uh, well, you need to stop. And I mean, some of these kids up here, my mom would have threw me in the streets in front Thank of the bus. Thank you. <laughs> well, <laughs> my mom would have shoved me in the bus. <laughs> I don't right? know why. <laughs> kids don't even know what a belt is. They think a belt is just used to hold your pants up. They don't know anything about that. No, they, they'll sue you now. In fact, yeah. <laughs> they will have a lawsuit. There was the one kid who tried to sue his parents because he was born. It's like, yo, get over <laughs> yourself, man. <laughs> you better go on with all of that. They should have aborted right there. <laughs> 
Were you an only child? Man, I ain't paying no, you. We gonna take was, care of this today. Hold on, is that what you're saying? You were an only child? No, I was the youngest of five. Oh, oh are you? Yeah, the youngest of five. Yeah. I'm oh, your siblings are at, uh, where? Where are your siblings, man? New uh, New Jersey, and uh, one of my sisters lives in Fort Lauderdale because she followed oh, really? me down here. But yeah, two of my sisters. I have two brothers and two older sisters. Well, my older brother died, you know, um, suicide, but anyway. And uh, then my that, yeah, older brother's um, in Jersey. Oh, mm. wow, man. I, did, I, did, I, had, I had no idea. I didn't know that. You know I came from the family, man. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that, man. I thought you was, <laughs> thought you was the only child, man. You know, <laughs> only child vibe. I thought you were the only Kyle, man. <laughs> 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 mm. Yeah, you never know what people are dealing with. You always got to be mindful because you never know what people are dealing with. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. What cities and states? <laughs> oh, where we? I'm in Ohio. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'm in Ohio. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and you know I'm in old cruddy New York, and you know surviving ice picks. Pamela, I'm in New York. Oh, okay. New York, yeah. I hear it. I can hear Yo, that. New York, I can't get rid of it. Brooklyn all the way. New York, every time I try to change it, I can't change it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And we're up in, in, in Los Angeles, so. Yeah, I can see the Laugh Factory. That's yeah, right. yeah, we broke in. They don't know we're in here. <laughs> don't tell nobody, right? It's a big secret. No one knows. <laughs> it's, 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 so, so, um, are you doing, uh, do you ever write like, uh, are you into doing any other writing outside of comedy? Are you thinking of doing more of your story outside of the documentary? Maybe writing a, um, a, uh, a, sc a screenplay or narratives or? No, someone said I should recommend maybe a TED talk or something, but no, I haven't written any other things um, outside that. Because once I finished the special, it was like, okay, I got that on tape. Now it's Time to move on to my other stuff. You know what I mean. I love some of the characters you were doing, though, man. You had some really great characters. Yeah, characters. Trayvon. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Vontae and all that. Oh, yeah, I mean, as far as that's like, I've written scripts and I've, I write sketches and things, and um, I got a lot of hungry film people in Miami that want to do stuff with me. So I want to start. You know, the people that shot my documentary, my special. We're gonna start doing other projects now. Once you know, okay. as we Wait you know, you got to do something to be creative now. <laughs> do you do your How own you art direction? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said, do you do your own art direction? Oh yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, all my logos, any yeah, I do my my cover for my special, the brain humor. I did the, all that. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. How do you approach the joke? Like, how do you get into it? What's your What's your way? How do you write? Are you musical? Are you analytical? How do you get up in a joke? My my best writing comes when I'm home alone during the day, cleaning the house, listening to good music, and smoking some good weed or not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> either or. You know, but if, if I'm in a good mood, especially music, music really unlocks things you know so you're lucid when you're think when you're when you're lucid you're just thinking and you're yeah. a thinker when you're lucid oh wow that's cool yeah and then you feel it and and i and i don't even have to write it down i just know the tickle that it captures and then i go and, and my, i know the words that it happens and okay this is funny and then i go i just go with it, you know Things like and tickle make you a master. I mean, those were both very. Uh, that was descriptive. I was like, what? Which one of those tickle? I apologize. No, that's great. I love it. I'm like, what is that? Is there certain style of music you write to? Uh, yeah, a lot of hip hop. A lot of times, it just depends. Good music, as long as it's good. It'd be house, anything, hip hop, oh, country, western, anything, whatever's good, you know. If it moved me, I used to sit in nightclubs and because the, the music of a nightclub and, and I would sit in the corner and write like people be having a good time. But I'm like a nerd just in my head. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that music and that whole energy gets me. But I don't hang out in clubs no more. 
the music in Miami is awesome. Oh yeah, the music is crazy. It's such great music down there. Music. And it's so loud and it sounds like the whole building. It's like your body is it like whoa, it's, it's yeah, the music That's is, a whole nother yeah. world down there, man. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's they spacious. do it they do it good. They do it they yeah. It's like a movie down there. Yeah, that, when did you know brain humor was funny? I mean, that sounds like an incredibly like deep thing, and then all you found it, you found the humor. How in the world you do that? Yeah, well, first of all, I had a, a seizure in a vegan restaurant. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you being as healthy as possible. You know, you no know better can you play. And we all think of veganism will save your life, but I had a seizure in a vegan, you know what I mean? It wasn't a uh, Burger King, you know what I mean? Burger, I was in a vegan joint, you know? Okay. And, and, and plus the whole day, it was a lot of funny things that were happening along that way that just, I don't know, just, just didn't seem, seem, just didn't seem correct. Yeah, Something yeah, was but, off. But, yeah, that whole day had twists and turns that were just like, yeah. mm. Did it make you feel better when you were trying to come out of that surgery to make um, stuff happen? Like, how did that feel when you came out of that and made art happen? Um, well, when I got out of the hospital and I survived, I was so grateful, man. Like, I, yeah, I, the world seemed like it was in technicolor to me. Like, things mm -hmm. seemed brighter. It seemed, and plus the fog that I'd had from the brain breed, I, you know, the brain bleed was was lifted, <laughs> and uh, like distances seemed shorter. Like it didn't seem as long to get home for some reason. Like the distance from Miami to Fort Lauderdale seemed shorter for some reason. I, I don't. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and I. I wow. I yeah, out of the, that's just a weird thing, and I, and I didn't. I took less shit when I got out of the hospital. <laughs> 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 Like, I remember that week. It's like I remember going to a restaurant because, like, you know, I still had a bandage on, and they wanted to kind of sit us in this off in the corner and hide us. I was like, no, 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 we want to put these tables. We'll, 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 you know, so, yeah. Like, don't try to play. Don't try to play us. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think I'd be wow. eating it as like a. I'd be like, do you know I just had brain surgery, right? Yeah. Do you know who I am? Do you, you know, know who I am? Wow. Sure. I know when I had surgery on my neck, I had a thyroid cancer. Oh, and wow. also had, had two surgeries on my neck. So whenever I get something caught up with me, I go, You understand? I had my throat cut open two times. And with her Brooklyn accent, you don't know if it's, you don't know if it was a medical thing. They're going to give you that table. I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> they will give you that table. They will not argue with you. They will give you that table. This is going to do a die best style. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me show you. <laughs> Comedy is such a blessing, period. Because I, I know even I, I had to do some uh, show down in Texas. And, my, and I don't know what happened. My face started blowing up. And everyone was calling saying, you just need to go. <laughs> don't go to sleep with your, and I, blew, I drove from LA to El Paso by myself. And when I pulled in, I called back and Heather's like, you better go just, Heather and another friend, Karen were like, you need to just go, just go, don't go to sleep, just check. And I got in and like, you have an abscess and you could, uh, in your jaw. And if you, like you could die at any moment, it could explode. Yes. And, oh, and I was like, uh, but my car is parked in the wrong place. Can I go get my, I was like, <laughs> but what it was, it, I have to tell you comedy. I think comedy just made like my reaction to a fearful situation. is just, it's just, I can't, I wish I was as funny on stage as when like someone told me something horrible 
because I could just, I just, the funny bone triggers. And I remember, yeah. all I remember is just like the anesthetic, the people come with the anesthetic and we're like in there cracking up. I don't know what happens, but like there's something that is such a coping mechanism and such a, uh, a healing way to just like not take things like to just, just overcome fear with just laughter. Yeah. Um, that it ended up being, you know, it was interesting. I remember just leaving when they finally, it wasn't a, a it was a sur emergency surgery. It wasn't like terrible, but the terrible part was having to go to the comedy club because I finally got into this club. I've been waiting forever to get in this club. And I was like, you're not canceling. You're not canceling me. My, my head was like this big. I was like, I am going to the show. So I showed up to the club and they're like, man, your face is painful. And my friend, my friend was like, you don't look, you don't, you look terrible. You do not need to go on stage. Like, I'm like, I'm a comedian, not a model. I mean, like if, my, if one half of my head is this big, then to me, it's like having a humpback on my jaw. That that's, then that could be funny. And so long as I could articulate it, I was like, I am not losing my spots. If somebody else had a sick day, canceled out and I'm getting into that club. But yeah, no, that was, like, I don't care if I have to brag a broken jaw. I'm getting on that stage. Comedy can um, be yeah, because you don't think straight. You're like, I got a show. No, you know, it's just no, really. I, honestly, my surgery was on March 17th, and I didn't want to cancel my dates for like April 1st or something like that. The weekend, like the end of the month, my show, my kids get the month. I'm like, should I cancel them? And my wife's like, <laughs> 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 that's how we. <laughs> and I had to cancel a gig in Trinidad. I said, yeah, and I was like, yeah. You're like, you can't possibly be doing a show, honey. What are you talking about? Like, I mean, I'm sure you in your mind. No, but it's like you even like even with this thing, it was like I was like, can you do this after Sunday? Like, can I come in after the show? I said, like, you're not gonna make it through the night. And I'm like, by the way, this is going. You're not gonna make it through the night. I was like, oh no. So I, I got I canceled one show, and then the next day, I mean, my whole it was crazy. But like you said, the comedy bug it is it's a bug. You you don't. Well, make that's how you make your living too, I guess, guys. I mean, I mean, I I, I think you think, hey, I got to work. Yeah, no medical leave. Yeah. <laughs> you have health insurance, and you've got the procedure in El Paso. Do you have health insurance? Uh no. <laughs> and they still uh, no. and they still. Did the surgery on you with yeah. no insurance? Yeah. Oh, wow. So it was life-threatening, really like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. But all I remember is I wish I had a tape because I was hilarious. You put me in like fearful situation. I turned into Daffy Duck. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I, I am literally Daffy Duck. If I see a little bit of blood, like someone should be like, you know, just cut me on my way to the stage. I'll just be like. <laughs> So like my dog would get blood drawn and and I'm fainting in the back like can't can't drive home with the dog the dog blood from the dog. Hey Kyle, know. what's the worst state you ever played, bro? Like like what place that you played and you're like, man, I wish I I would never come here again. Ooh, dang, that's a tough question because uh, I'm not sure. That's a state. Hmm. That's a rough one, man. I don't like doing cruise ships. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 happened? What happened to you? I don't you know why. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, I remember the the pay's okay. But uh, you know, no, nah, I don't I don't know if any place that I really I'm just the shit the, the terrible gigs the early gigs that you get, you know, you stay in crappy hotels. I tell you, I won't stay in those hotels with the door that open to the parking lot. If it's a gig, then I'm not doing it. That's <laughs> the gigs that have me stay in the hotel with the parking lot. Yeah. So what happened on the cruise ships that make you make you not want to do that? No, it's not. It's just that uh, actually once in a while a cruise isn't bad, but because you get away from your family, and then I don't like them because you're away from your family. Like, mm -hmm. and I don't like being in a place where I can't leave and when I want, you know, rules and this and that. I got out of comedy partially because of the no rules too. That's a good reason comedy. I don't have to obey anybody's rules. And then, you know, you have a cruise ship rule. But I mean, 
not a bad gig if you know it, it pays you, you know. So, yeah. Mm. But I, one of the, do you remember what did you ever have like a, a like worst gig when you were starting out that you remember outside of the hotel? Like, like I remember I had to do so I was in, I think it was it was the South Bronx with Rachel Feinstein and they didn't have a stage, we had to stand on the bar in a pub, a oh, dirty wow. bar in a pub. <laughs> I think Kevin Hart was with us, to be honest with you. <laughs> was that the, was that Pope? No, was that Capone's room, BBQ's, oh, was that Bronx BBQ? No, this one wasn't as nice as the Bronx BBQ. This one you wouldn't order. This one was just a dusty old pub. And I'm telling you, I think, I think it was, I think Kevin, uh, Kevin came with us and, uh, and we, we had to stand on this bar and no one, we had to stand like in front of their TV in, oh, in the Bronx, wow. in front of the TV and like no one wanted us there. So who came up with this gig that we got to stand on a bar and tell who Joe- that one? I would be I mad at my manager, man. I'd be like, come on, bro. Those, those don't those don't book you know, <laughs> I performed in Thai food restaurants and Back of firehouses, every everywhere. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty painful. Pretty bad flashbacks. Some of those. Did anybody laugh? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think they just wanted us out of the way of the TV. They're just like, why are they in front of our TV? And uh, yeah, I, I, I tried to block that one out. So for I mean, I've had, huh? I've had gigs where the sound system didn't work, and then you had to kind of. Do it theater style without mm -hmm. a microphone, you know. Mm -hmm. Then those end up, end up turning out to be good gigs because you end up projecting more. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. from another place. Um, yeah, but yeah, but I prefer not to do that. So you're so you're famous for your Obama impression. How did that one start? Were you just did it just show up one day and then you just kept kept yeah yeah when when Obama was running for president in 08. I thought he was such an interesting dude and just the, the cadence of how he speaks. And he's so filled with hope and goodness. And, 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 and you know, you got to fill your heart with, you know, it, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. He poured us on him out of many, one, you know, that type of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, you know. Mm -hmm. You might not get there today. And you might not get there tomorrow. <laughs> It's soothing. It's soothing just to hear the Obama voice. My stress is coming down. Oh man, I'd love to hear that right now, man. Yeah, what would what what would you think if what would Obama like? What would you if you were going to do Obama right now, commentating on your on Trump? What would you say? Like, what are you going through that you would say? Because I'm sure you hear his voice as you're as you're listening to Trump. Like, if what do you think is really going through Obama's mind? <laughs> uh, first of all, hey, Michelle, want to hit this? This mother is crazy. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> they, they say that uh, Nostradamus predicted Donald Trump. Nostradamus said that the uh, World War III would start by a madman wearing a white turban. Uh, he wrote Turban because he didn't have a name for the shit on Donald Trump's head. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't realize how soothing that sound would be. Just the sound of like, just the calmness of sanity. Uh, the calmness of sanity and unity, yes, in a voice. So are you mailing in your votes, man? Uh, nope. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go right, I think, are they having the bold voting polls open? Are they gonna- Well, I heard you guys are doing early, uh, Yeah, I, I actually yeah. did, I did register to have a, a mail-in vote, and, and I have the envelope right on my table now, so I, I that's an option, but I think I kind of just want to go with the right. firehouse right here, and, um- You like, may not ever get there. Might not get yeah, I'm saying if I mail it, it might not get there. And I, and I go here, and I know there's a lot of Trump supporters in my, that vote where I vote. So I like to go in there, you know. <laughs> being, your, being that 
that's a key state. What do you think this year? What do you think is going to happen in Florida? Ooh, it's going to be rough, man, because Florida, the people that are liberal in Florida, are they don't vote that much, but the Florida's re really red. It's like a, a red state, and even the Cubans go a lot red. So I don't know. Last And I think we had that problem in the 2016 election because a lot of people didn't vote, you know. Uh, I feel responsible for Trump because I didn't vote. <laughs> you know, but yeah. but you know the reason why? Because they made it seem like Hillary had it in the bag. I was like, and I was like, oh, okay, then Hillary's good. I'm gonna go to sleep. You know, not not this time though, right? I think no, more people no, no, are gonna vote. Time. Yeah, this time. I man. think more people are gonna think like I think they're feeling it, right? I mean, come on. I mean, this is serious. Yeah. Don't that, yeah. don't. I mean, in Florida, don't they feel the like the, the seriousness of this whole thing? You no, know, they feel the seriousness, but you got a lot, like he's saying, it's a red state. My father accidentally ended up moving to the Gulf Coast of Florida, so he's in, he's in Fort Myers, and oh. yeah, and that was the home of the Tea Party, and he didn't realize it, and now he's like, I cannot believe I moved here, and now I can't sell my house. He's oh, yeah. like, I can't even talk to my neighbors, you know, that's because he's a real New Yorker. And um, and so I actually that's scary. I got my I got my voter uh, package that sent to me uh, from Florida because my my license is Florida, so I'm gonna uh, I'll get my stuff mail it to my dad and let him walk it in because he's he's always calling me like we need your vote <laughs> yeah keep your Florida yeah. license <laughs> yeah so, mm -hmm. Myers is my friend lives there he's from Jersey and he's like it's. Uh, Confederate flags and huh. nobody wears masks. Like mm -hmm. all the kids Ooh, went yeah. back to school, and he doesn't send his kid back to school. But now the kids that his kids play with are back in school. So now he has to make a decision on, mm. you know. Oh, that's kids. tough, man. That's tough. Yeah. It's, tough. it's yeah. a tough place. That's, they have more electoral votes than teeth in the state. It's one of the only. <laughs> I mean, in New York here, it doesn't matter. It's going to be. It's going to be. Um, uh, oh, but I mean, um, Biden anyway, we know that. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a blue state, but places like Florida, that's like one of the- They don't even need to debate. Ohio too, Ohio is very important. Yeah, yeah, we're big. Yeah, how does it look down there, Felice? Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of hoops to jump, like um, there's so much talking and we're having a poll worker shortage. So they're talking about consolidating all the polls. So it's just, you know, because there are some tens of thousands of poll workers shy because most of the people here are old people. I don't know. I mean, um, we're, we're red and blue. So we, we never know. We are actually red and blue. We got to get and, you know, yeah, We need that to be blue. Heather's, Heather's family is Nevada. So I don't know what's going on there either. How's Nevada looking? That's always blue. Mm. No, no, it's not. It's red. Yeah, that's what I thought. But then wait, they have a blue, but, but um, what's his name is from Nevada? Who's the head? Of, oh my God. Harry oh, Reid is Nevada. Mm. Nevada goes blue sometimes. But they got the casinos open. All the, the casinos are still open there. So it's, it's kind of like a, a mess there as well. So I don't know what's going to happen. But I just hope that everybody stays conscious and-, and I'm praying and I'm going to the polls. I'm just going to pray a lot before. Yeah, you need, to, you need to switch your residency to Memphis. Yeah, I haven't been religious. Oh yeah, I was, I was, I was telling my mom, yeah, definitely. And you can leave me your New York apartment. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to get home. I don't care about the crime. Like, just get me home. Jesus Christ. I mean, well, any plans, Kyle, if uh, this guy wins? What, what's, what's your thoughts? If uh, Trump wins? 40, at, 40, at 45. Get me a gun. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, keep my head down for four years. I, I really don't know, man. What, what much? Has it can, come to mind? Does it worry you a little bit? Of course, it worries me. My eyes are. Um, I'm looking at Africa, like, hmm. Maybe it is time to. Maybe I'll go there. <laughs> invest in, you know, Senegal, or maybe it doesn't seem that bad. I've been seeing footage from Africa. It's nice suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I'm saying? The lifestyle ain't much different, but it, you know. But yeah. if worse come to worse, hey. It's hmm. coming to mind though, right? I mean, you guys, it makes you That's think, it. like, if he wins, what, what, what hmm. what's gonna happen? Yeah. Um, 
what's going to be the response? I mean, the fact that he's able to get away with so much, and and if he's in office, this validates his insanity, right? Yeah. So it, it it'll be kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. You know? I think if he I think if he doesn't win, it doesn't matter. He's going to squat and be like, squat is right, and he's not getting out. Well, the military would have to come and take him out. It's going to be a whole war if he doesn't. I don't know if people are going to, that's not going to happen. They're going to already claim it was fake. It was fake news. Nobody. I don't don't think, I don't think a territory as big as America, I don't think even the military could hold down all these crazy people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Suicide bombing is a problem in the Middle East. Could you imagine crazy Americans get busy? <laughs> they won't. They, they they won't be able to take. They won't be able. To, we we've been too crazy for too long, and too free for too long. Yeah. Well, everybody <laughs> has a gun too. I mean, the laws in Florida are so they're, different. They're blowing. They're blowing people up at the gender uh, reveal parties. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our gender reveal parties is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> But but there is so much our culture is really violent. Like yeah, it's bugging how much this person, you, killed, that person killed, 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 five killed, ten dead. Compared to other places, right? Yeah, compared to other places, like what the, what are we? Yeah. You know, homicide as an emotional response. Here you go, Felicia. There you go. I hate that. Yeah, like grow that up already. Well, that's why we need comedy. That's why we need humor because that's our saving grace right there. You know, humor. and they're trying to yeah. stop us from speaking. So yeah, that's going to be the the bigger thing. Is like, what are we going to be allowed to say? So anyway. I wonder if there's any research on people's brains growing while they're laughing. Because somebody could tell me some stuff that I hate. But if they make me laugh while they're telling me that stuff, I might. <laughs> you feeling me, Kyle? I mean, that's like yeah, real talk. Yeah, laughter is definitely because it's definitely something that humans have to help us recover or deal with. Well, doesn't it release endorphins in some endorphins. sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. And bad news with a good beat too helps. Like <laughs> if the beat is good, like they've been telling, we've been hearing that we're hosed and no good for the past 20 years and as women. And we've been good with it because the beat's fine. You know, music is good. They said comedians get the hottest women. I mean, it seems to be true, guys. Because mm. women like the laugh. Right? My wife is 23 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to say we celebrated our one year wedding anniversary on August 11th. Oh, congratulations. Ah, one right. year after 23, but. At the 23 year. Look what that, Kyle. Look what that. Well, thank you so much for joining us and just thank you for your time and, and being so inspiring and in all that you do. I mean, I just, I was just really, like I said again, Miss Avia called, said you're going to be on. I was like, I hadn't talked to you in so long, and oh, yeah. um, it's just it's just great to see you and see you in good health and with a hilarious story and and um, I, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing your special and and having others uh, sharing it, putting it out there as well, in any way I can. So, I, think- I remember the first time I saw you. I, I saw you. I can still remember what you were wearing. You were uh, at the Peppermint Lounge, <laughs> and when you performed there for your first time, I think your death. It's the set that got you on Def Jam. I was there in the crowd. I was like, oh, who's this girl in the jumpsuit about to go? You had a little jumper on. And I was like, With oh, shit. Overalls, yeah. And then wow. the next, I knew Bob Sumner wow. had you on Def Jam. But I saw your audition night, and you killed. I was laughing. Oh, thank you. Wow. That, that was a scary, that's oh. the scariest club in the nation, so. Oh, it was terrifying. It was good, it's good to know that it's good to know that all the witnesses were not killed after that night. <laughs> that's how terrifying that club is. You're like, you, well, you oh, got to be. That's one of the hardest clubs. Nah, you I mean, ripped. You ripped. Yeah. But thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, it, was a, it was just a difference to see because that room is hard. Like everybody come in, you know, rugged and running. She comes in and like, hey, and then killed, like slated. He was scoping them out, Maya. Ha, 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 ha.
that's the club I used to go to when I was thinking about doing comedy. And then I would mm-hmm. see how they would treat comedians and be like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's the toughest meter because that room that room was terrifying. Like I remember that's how like facing my fears was always like go to the peppermint. You're not sure about your fears? Go to the peppermint. That was yeah. that was a, but you know I miss clubs like that because there's nothing like a booing audience to say, hey, go back and rework your material. <laughs> You know, people take it seriously and personal, and it's just like, no, go rework your material. Sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah, failure is a really good indicator. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I said thank you, and and uh, stay well and stay in touch. And um, we're all looking forward to seeing your stuff. And I'm so grateful that you gave us our gave us some time to catch up with us. Thank you, thank you, Kyle, man. Thanks both for having. Thank you guys. Nice meeting you all. Be safe down there. Lord is crazy. (laughs) Yeah, watch your back. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. Good night.